Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the first podcast for media and marketing executives that connects how offline attention drives conversion. My name is Tim Rowe, and for the past three years, I've been interviewing guests about their unique experiences in bridging this misunderstood and undervalued opportunity for brands to create alchemy in the real world. Today's guest is Eddie Yang. Eddie is the founder of Visual Feeder, a first-of-its-kind projection mapping platform that enables brands to engage with pedestrians and passersby via projection mapping in-store windows and how they're making it available as part of a scalable strategy by unlocking network effects and capturing economies of scale. Eddie shares his journey into out-of-home advertising and how a passion for art and real world inspired the launch of Visual Feeder how they approached landing Lyft as their first client through 100% sweat and hustle. Eddie also shares his experience with Techstars, an accelerator program that provides investment and mentorship to startups and how they've helped Visual Feeder to grow faster and avoid costly mistakes. Even how they helped Visual Feeder to secure their first $1.7 million in seed funding to continue scaling in Chicago and New York. And so the big idea I'd like you to consider throughout this conversation is how can you enable more engagement, whether by taking time to offer creative feedback, by publishing thought leadership that educates interested folks on the thing that you are an expert of, or how to enhance a campaign for maximum engagement because you understand that engagement drives outcomes and that the truest objective to solve for is in answering the question, how do we prioritize engagement over everything else? Vanity metrics be damned. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Eddie, I'm excited to have this conversation. We first connected uh, a few weeks back, and the the concept was really, really interesting. So I'm excited to get to unpack that with you here today. But uh, how'd you get into out of home? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, getting into out of home, that's a good question. So I actually got into out of home through art actually public art so when we first got into um the whole media and out of home advertising we're actually really i was inspired by a lot of murals and public art that was sponsored with brands um so we saw a lot of different cool murals throughout chicago and i always wondered you know how do we become a part of this uh and i wanted to create uh, a service for projecting onto empty window spaces with art and visuals, um, and then quickly got into the whole out of home world and the aspect of that. Um, so I always loved the visceral image of billboards and visual content, like in your face. You know, it's like the the, the sheer size of it and the physical appearance of it. I th- always thought was like more it was the most engaging type of marketing and advertising opposed to digital um so actually i came from a arts world and then just the fear fear uh physical aspect of billboards it makes sense it makes sense and that is uh you know as as a, a, a you know our our industry yoda uh you know my dear friend rick robinson says that's the gravitas of of out of home 
And uh, what what you've done that's so unique and and engagement is really at the core of, of what the company does. But what you've done is develop a projection mapping platform that allows advertisers to make projection mapping in store windows, something that's actually part of a scalable strategy. They're able to buy into projection mapping in a rotation similar to how you might on a digital billboard versus having to maybe be you know limited to a short term, you know, one week projection mapping in a store window. You've kind of taken this, you know, different approach of, hey, you know what, let's take this really cool technology because it is so engaging and let's make it scalable. Let's make it something that marketers can build campaigns around, not just have a standalone activation. When did you realize that there was this industry called out of home? When did you realize like, oh, there's this, there's this even bigger industry that we're actually a part of? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, yeah, that's a great thing to point out. I actually did, I came in pretty late in the game of out of home and like just learning about this new industry. This was actually after our, um, going into Techstars program, which we'll touch on later. But once we got into Techstars, um, I just started researching billboards, like, uh, you know, street furniture, just transit advertisement, this whole, industry called ooh i never you know I, I would see these like these letters everywhere and i never understood what it is but yeah it's an entire industry um based on just physical appearance and physical uh, uh locations to see advertising so i learned actually fairly it was fairly in 2020 actually is when i actually got started researching and when I Googled what is out of home, that's actually the first, so pretty late in the game, but um, yeah, that's, it's, it, it definitely opened a whole new side of the industry and media that didn't know about and how it operates and the tight knit community and network it is as well. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, yeah, 2020 is when I started digging into out of home and learning the the terms of it. Very cool. And, and what you're, Eddie, what you're doing is, is very cool with the projection mapping. And it makes sense, the art inspiration for getting into out of home, but you had to start somewhere and you didn't pick an easy place to start by any means. You didn't pick, you know, Hey, we're going to start by hanging 55 inch screens in bars and restaurants. You chose projection mapping and vacant store windows. Uh, what was that like? What, how did you get the first store? Did you did you know how to pull this stuff off? Like, what was it like? Zero to one. Uh, walk us through that. I think it's such an interesting inflection point in any company's history, but particularly with one using physical real estate and technology in, in, in such a creative way. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. So from my background, I didn't have any sales, like advertising sales background. Um, or real estate background. Um, so the first ideation and concept was, hey, we have to find... This was all... It, it, yeah, from, from zero, we didn't have any store or any vacant stores or any advertisers at that moment. So we had to start somewhere. It was like, okay, do we start reaching out to brands to sell them this concept or do we start getting spaces and then pitching those spaces to the brands? Um, so one of our... Actually, our first client that we executed this MVP with was with Lyft Rideshare. Um, so in the beginning, it was pretty funny because we literally, I, I, I was I was going door to door, like calling all these different, you know, anytime you drove by a, a window, you'll see a leasing sign and it'll have a 
broker's name on it. I'll just call them up right away asking them. Um, I called maybe 10 stores in the beginning. They all said no. They're like, who are you? No, we don't want to deal with you. We don't know what this is. No, no. I just kept getting no's. Um, luckily, like, I think it was around like the 30th call. Like I finally narrowed down the pitch. I was like, okay, I have to figure out like a different way to pitch this. Um, I was pitching them on, Hey, we can actually project your leasing signage for the space. Mm. And then we will actually help sell advertisers onto that as well. So then we started getting more um, interest. Then we're like, okay, got it. Yeah, we can help the units by projecting lease signage. And then we can, uh, so we can onboard them. And then at the meantime, try to sell the spaces. Um, so by, by giving a value proposition for the spaces, we were able to land a few locations. And then at the same time, we met, um, I, we met a, uh, a senior or associate uh, marketing analyst from Lyft that was working on a at a, a music festival in Chicago. They were handing out these Lyft fans. It was like these, you know, for a music festival, it gets hot. They're handing out fans and different like uh, souvenirs at the festival. And we just went up to them and asked them, hey, um, yeah, we have this concept. We would love to try to pitch this to you guys we got their email and then we sent them the email the next day of this uh, deck that we made um, with locations that we didn't like actually contract or secure to just like in the talk like hey we have all these locations (laughs) i love it oh yeah it's just because we had to you know we had to kind of provide the landlords of someone that was interested at the same time so we kind of just got loose yeses from both ends (laughs) until to, to try to make the connection um but yeah, so we went through that process with Lyft, um, sent them a pitch deck with the locations, the concept, the whole grand visual as well. Um, we designed this really cool idea of this car that we're going to project onto the windows with the wheels. In fact, Eddie, I've got the Lyft campaign pulled up. You, let yeah, me yeah, let yeah. me share this okay. because you know here we are talking about something that is so visual. Um, let me, let me pull this up and you can talk us through it. How about that? All right. Yeah. Now this is going to sound silly, but can you see my screen? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm going to press play. I think I've, yep. I've adjusted the volume. Eddie, walk us through. You were just talking about the, the lift. I mean, just the story of just, just as a, as a quick aside, right? Like the hustle story of getting in contact with the Lyft team and now talking about how the relationship has grown. Uh, and we're going to look at a really cool campaign here uh, yeah. that you did with Lyft. Talk us through this. Yeah. So this specific campaign was an activation that we um, uh, created within Chicago. It was a regional campaign within three locations. This was a three-month campaign throughout the holidays as well. And it was to... Um, activate their Roundup and Donate campaign so users can donate a part of their uh, ride to Chicago public schools. Um, so yeah, this was a very cool, uh, made sense with what we're doing because it was regional-based and Chicago-based. So this was the uh, yeah, the campaign that we activated, was a three-month campaign, which is the first the first um light in the tunnel we're like wow okay like this is actually something that we can do and 
you know, it, we executed it from, from zero stores to zero advertisers, which was like, I mean, you know, a lot of times like that was super lucky of us to even be able to have Lyft as like a first client. Um, we did reach I mean, out yeah. I think most, most folks listening right now are like, wait, like Lyft How was your happen? first client, right? Yeah, like yeah. that, that's, but 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 you shared the story of how it happened, right? And how right. any anyone can do that. No, no, there's nothing stopping anyone from yeah. just rolling up their sleeves and go out and go out and get it. Yeah, yeah. So so that campaign was in Chicago. How many how many stores was it? That was three three locations. Three stores. Yeah. And and did did Lyft share any of the results with you? Did you get any feedback about impact? Any sense of of what it delivered for for the brand? Surely they were happy with. With yeah, just yeah. the community element of it, but yeah, we had data analytics that we were able to share with them. So even before when we first did that lift one, we had no idea what impression ratings or geopath was or any. So we didn't get any um, impression ratings on these locations. It was more of just a spectacle campaign that we mm -hmm. created, experiential campaign. Um, so with the analytics part, we were lacking on that end of uh, providing, but we did have trackers in the locations where we we were able to uh, figure out how many people are walking by each location. Um, but when it comes to like impression terms or results, like that was still something that is new to us that we didn't, we're, we're not able to catch for that specific campaign. Yeah. Still super cool. I love it. I love the format. I love the ability to do this in a way, again, that is in a rotation. That's something that I think is really appealing to a lot of advertisers. Um, you happen to have a very cool founder story. Your co-founder is actually your sister. What's it like building a company with a sibling? <laughs> there's definitely there's a lot of there's definitely ups and downs. Um, a lot more downs in the beginning, just based on like the dynamics of being an older brother and like, okay, when do I become the older brother? When do I become you know? When am I? When do, when do I put on like the CEO hat versus the big brother hat? Um, so that was something, a dynamics that we had to figure out in the beginning. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that my sister is, you know, my co-founder and it's like, I couldn't ask, I couldn't have asked for a better partner because no matter what, at the end of the day, I always know that, you know, we both know that we have our, our best interests and we fully completely trust each other, you know, no matter what it's like, that's that's the most invaluable thing that any co-founder can have is like the trust that we have is unlike anything else. So no matter what happens, we get into little bickering arguments, but at the end of the day, we know that we have our best interests and that's, what's the, the best thing about it. Um, but learning how to navigate, yeah. When to, you know, step in as a sibling, as an older sibling brother or CEO, that was a struggle for me that I had to figure out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten a lot better now. And I think I've, you know, always improving. So we've been working with each other for a little bit over two years now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really good now. So I wouldn't have a, this is a learning process that we had to go through. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's, it, there's so much, um, so much just family tied into out of home, right? So much of the legacy out of home business is generations of families, doing the thing that we're all most passionate about. So I think it's uh, an extra special piece of your origin story and uh, visual feeders history into, uh, into out of home. 
you're in Techstars and there's probably some folks listening that that know what Techstars is and maybe some folks that don't. So I'd love for you to explain what Techstars is. Maybe maybe let's just do that. Explain what Techstars is, but why Visual Feeder is participating in Techstars and then specifically how has that helped you to grow faster? How has that helped you to avoid maybe making some mistakes and any advice that you've ha- you'd have for other founders that are are considering similar opportunities? Yeah, definitely. Um, so even prior before joining TechStars, um, the reason why we joined TechStars is I had we had we had this idea of you know utilizing vacant spaces and using advertisers. We were just telling a few friends and you know friends about this idea, and then a friend was like, oh, this is amazing. I would actually invest in this idea. So that's what mm. triggered it. We're like, really, investors? I never even thought of it. I come from an arts background. I don't think about business. or Right. You're not thinking I'm, venture I'm not thinking, capital. Yeah, I'm, not thinking about I'm going to raise money. I had no idea what venture capital is. Like, I had no idea what an angel investor or a venture capital. I didn't know the difference. I didn't know. You know, I, I was completely oblivious of this whole industry, of a whole, like, startup life. Um, but from that moment when our friend said that, that just triggered something in me. I just started researching. I was like, oh, investors, how do you get investors? What are investors? This whole list. And then we stumbled upon Techstars as an accelerator where they'll provide investment and um, mentorship. So we applied to Techstars. We, we actually applied to y, y Combinator first. Um, that was another accelerator program. They actually flew us out did the interview, but they didn't take us in um, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. But then we, we we got into Techstars. Because um, it's a bit of a selection process, right? Lots of startups apply, and then yeah. you yeah. go through rounds of interviews, and they yeah. it, it's like uh, an extended version of Shark Tank. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, just, it's just like Shark Tank. When we, were, when we were going through the interview process, they were asking us questions like it was a Shark Tank show. Like, oh, what's your cool. revenue? What's this? What's defensible about, you know, do you have IP? What's proprietary? <laughs> like everything. They were just like attacking. Um, they're not questioning attacking, but yeah, um, went through text. So we applied to Techstars. Techstars is a uh, incubator and accelerator where they prepare you for three months to pitch to their network of investors. So okay. the entire three months you're working on, you're learning everything about how to, you know, uh, your business has to become a C corp um, for investor in shares. You have to learn how to pitch. You learn about investors, like what is a venture, what is a VC, how do they get their money, how do they, what are they looking for in return. You just learn all aspects, and you take the three months to pitch to investors in their network. So essentially, that's the whole program. They prepare you to pitch to investors, and to get into these programs as well. It's it's. It's on. It's on par with getting into like. It's actually harder to get into YC and Techstars more than it is to Harvard. Wow. Other aspects. So it's like a very yeah. Um, so I never went to a Ivy League school. My parents always wanted me to, but this was like my version of like, hey guys, I made it to <laughs> Techstars. Like Ivy League summer camp. It's yeah, startup yeah. start startup uh, boot camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah. So that's that's the. Point tech stars and they completely, yeah, they they definitely boosted our, you know, um, network for for investors. We were able to raise a seed round um, of one point seven million after the tech stars a year out. Uh, wow! Congrats! Thank you. 
yeah, to, welcome to build out this uh, concept and this idea and to really scale it. So, yeah, it was um, it was definitely a great experience. And I think any any startup company or any company that would need capital to build an idea, um, it's a good way to 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 go about it. It's, it's definitely a, a good shortcut to to. It's like you know hitting the that that uh, that star in Mario and just kind of boost you. Mm, I like that. I like that. We're looking forward to the Mario movie coming out. And, uh, and, and well, you know what? Maybe that's a good segue because now you got me thinking about that commercial specifically and, and, the, and the, the little Mario Kart thing zooming away there and how cool that could look on a store window. Exactly. And that's really in the opening, we talked about engagement, but that's that's really what's at the core of all of this. The the entire visual feeder platform, all of the store windows and the ability to do this in rotation, all of that is is just those are features. Those are attributes that at the core of this, we're talking about engagement. How do you define engagement? How do you think about engagement? Yeah, I, I think engagement as the user wanting to see this or wanting to interact with it. Right? I think a lot of times, um, you know, we in our DNA, we're always going to be, we're always going to have a creative aspect in our, in our company where, you know, creating engaging and interactive experiences within out of home in the out of home industry is kind of like our niche and what we'd want to provide. Um, so I've always envisioned like what, what made me in, what made me interested in, in out of home as well is um, sci-fi movies like I don't know if you saw Blade Runner and seen like sure. gigantic holograms. That's that's what the visual feeder is aiming towards. Like, you know, it's like it's gonna it's bound to happen in the future where we're gonna have these gigantic holograms and interactive um, visuals. And yeah, that's that's I want to make that into reality. I want to you know create sci-fi into reality. So that's like my uh, vision and goal to 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 do this. Um, but yeah, in, engagement. I it's um, yeah, going back to engagement. It's it's having at the end. It's having the viewers as the the primary customer and caring about how they see it, not you know the the client themselves about the advertisements, about caring about the viewer and what they think and how they experience that. And, and talk about that from a creative standpoint. Is this is this something that the brand is having to develop brand new creative? Obviously, there's some you know there can be some complexity to designing creative that creates the most engagement on a format like this. What's the right creative practice for using a, a format like yours? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Tim. Because we're 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 going through that as well. Like, how much do we step in? as visual feeder to try to guide the, the, the user or the advertiser in our space or how much freedom do they, do they just send us content and we, then we just project, right? If, mm -hmm. So that's always something that we want to try and figure out a good medium. Um, at the end of the day, we want to create a, a new display or a new kind of inventory that has a lot of these creative capabilities. Our, our, our locations are, are able to create hologram effects. We can create, you know, 3D holograms and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, and also interactive capabilities where someone can walk in front of the screen and they can move in different ways. They can interact with, uh, the capturing, uh, people's silhouettes. Um, so 
we have these capabilities and it's kind of figuring out how do we step in and how do we try to make it a lot better than, you know, the current because it's such a new technology as well. So that's, that's a good, um, right now we're operating more as we're getting content. Um, and then we can enhance it with like suggestions mm-hmm. and everything. So we kind of play a small part as a creative agency as well. It's kind of creative agency and a media display agency that kind of mixed together. Um, but yeah, this is still something that we're working on to try to figure out what's the best way to, to navigate this path. But I'm, I'm yeah, glad you brought it up and yeah, it's a good, it's a good question to ask even for us. It's cause it's, it's always right. It's always the choke point we get to, wow, this is really cool. I want to do this except I don't have the creative resources yeah. or, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's, it's always that. So I, I, it's, it's a good conversation to have up front. And yeah. I think that the education piece really, you know, coming from the publisher is so valuable, right? For the brand you know, on the buy side, it's something that we can do to better serve our, our clients, right? Which is having great collaborative relationships with partners like yourselves to understand how do we create maximum engagement on this network? How do we create the most out of, out of what this opportunity is? Cause at the end of the day, it's just space and it's what you do with it. So we might as well, you know, talk about how to do the best <laughs> same job possible. Uh, how many storefronts do you have now in the marketplace? Yeah. Currently right now we have around 70 locations that are available. Um, and we have around. 28 that's live and active with projection. And what markets are those primarily focused in? If there's anybody listening right now, a brand, uh, an agency, somebody that's, you know, particularly curious about this, where are those located? Yeah. Our, our two biggest markets are Chicago and New York. Hot markets for everybody. So, uh, there's definitely, uh, definitely some, some opportunity lingering out there in the listening audience right now. Uh, and you should definitely get in touch with Eddie. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you how to get in touch with Eddie at the end of this. But Eddie, just want to come back to something here, which is we're recycling unused space. This is otherwise vacant commercial real estate. And that's, providing you know a revenue stream to help offset the the cost of the the space going unoccupied but if i'm an advertiser and let's say hey all of a sudden the space where i'm advertising gets leased out how is that going to affect my campaign mm-hmm. yeah so our campaigns we have a so we have a lot of different um we were regional based as well so when we have a lease that's for a specific campaign we usually lock in that time or that time frame with the with the landlord, and they're aware of that. Usually, even when a lease is signed for a commercial space, it takes at least thirty plus days to transfer and get the contracts ready to flip over for for a full turnover when the keys are handed over. So we definitely play in that leeway time, and then um, we also, yeah, landlords are aware of the acta or of the time frame for spaces that we are unable to have at least of a thirty day turnaround. We have, um, we always have uh, secondary locations that are approved beforehand. So at any time, at any given time, we're always prepared for any kind of switch where we can. We actually give double the time now if if that ever incurs um, for the advertiser themselves. So it was it would almost be better if they did find you know if they did have to switch because then they're they're uh, 
their campaigns could be twice as long. But um, yeah, we we have we have a few scenarios where we're able to prevent any kind of um, uh, transitions. But if there are transitions, we also compensate by adding additional time as well. And from a adding new markets perspective, are you are you planning to go deeper in the markets that you're already in? Is it more markets? What's what's kind of the the, the growth plan for 2023 and beyond? Obviously, we've got to we've got to fill space and grow responsibly. But yeah. what's uh what's the long term vision? Yeah, I, I think for right now for 2023, we want to really capture more of our market in these two specific cities and really gain a mass a larger footprint because we have operations that's more tightly knit. Um, once we've, you know, can operate very smoothly within these two cities, we can just replicate that into the next city instead of spreading ourselves too thin and having, you know, in too many different spaces, we want to operate very smoothly, very efficiently in a specific region and really, yeah, have our footprint there and then we'll scale into more cities. Because not only are you building a, you know, kind of first in class projection mapping network uh, platform here, you're also building a two sided marketplace, you know, mm-hmm. as if one thing weren't hard, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, both of those things are, 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 are challenging. So it's, it's balancing that new supply with new demand and being able to do that in a way that, that, that you can scale. So a la DoorDash, a la Grubhub, you're doing it and that's exciting to watch. Eddie, for anyone that is interested, wants to learn more, wants to get in touch with you, uh, to, to look into doing some campaigns together, where do they go? Give them the Latin long. Yeah. Um, you can visit www.visualfeeder.com. Um, we have an inquiry bound in there to submit any kind of information. We also are launching our marketplace application, which is completely new. This is actually a first. I'll announce it on this. Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, tell me so. more app.visualfeeder.com is where you can go to check out all of our inventory and you can actually it's a it's a marketplace where you can go in and upload your own content and see how they'll look on the window fronts see all demographic so app app.visualfeeder.com um yeah so visit there and you can submit inquiries in there as well but yeah those are or email you can email at hello at visualfeeder.com Right on. I just pulled it up. Let's let's look at it real quick. Hang on. I got it up. Yeah. Yeah, this is super clean. I mean, it's it's a modern real estate shopping type of experience. You can see lots of great creative. This is yep. this is awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna go <laughs> share this with my team internally as soon as we get off. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. And you can see just the variety of of different types of storefronts and what those windows all look like i mean this is obviously an incredible structure here yeah are these all through is it through commercial real estate groups is it one-off owners like is it a mixed bag of kind of all the above yeah it's a mixed bag um we have a lot of locations from jll that we would partner with um and then mixed bag some are one-off owners um, yeah, so it's it's really a lot of different. We have a few mall locations as well with their inventory. So yeah, this is awesome. I I'm so excited to watch you guys grow and uh, and to see what you do in the space. This is definitely something that's exciting, Eddie. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. If you found this to be helpful, please share it with somebody who could benefit. As always, make sure to smash that subscribe button and leave a review. That's how you help us grow. 
quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world class trade show. First class all the way, cause that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm of our hands, cause divided we fall and together we stand.